He was the grandson of America's pastor, Dr. Billy Graham. He was a best-selling author and a megachurch pastor until it all came crashing down. Hear the raw and unflinching message about desperation and deliverance from Tulian Chavidjan, the grandson of Dr. Billy Graham. He reveals his moral failure and fall from grace. His story will inspire you. This Sunday, May 19th at Life Austin, 8901 Highway 71 at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, go to life.family. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Hope you're having an excellent afternoon. It's 4.03. Tate is here producing. Thank you for joining us. One of the stories we're discussing is the death of Alexei Navalny, the strongest Russian critic of Vladimir Putin. And uh, we played a soundbite from the former CIA station chief, Dan Hoffman, who says, in his view, uh, Putin did this at this moment to send a message to the citizens of Russia, members of his own military, his intelligence services, to intimidate anyone and let them know that he is still in charge and is willing to kill. Uh, Jennifer called in before the top of the hour news, and we were running short of time there. So we appreciate your holding over, Jennifer. Thank you very much. So go ahead with your point, please. Thank you, Jennifer. Certainly. I just, I, like I said before, I, I definitely see, you know, that there's an, a need to speak to certain audiences, but I really feel like we're at a point in time where your, your listeners, other folks who perhaps don't listen to your station, but America in general, we're tired of everything being turned into a twisted, perverted game of apples to apples. In no way, shape, or form is the Russian machine, the autocracy, the dictatorship, if you will, of Putin in any way parallel at all to the state of the United States. Melinda made a comment that, you know, it's not too far off from what we're seeing. And I think I I appreciate uh, that she made it a very strong point that she wasn't direct but it alluded to that the recent indictment and due process that is uh, given to the trump family and to donald trump in particular that his experience with facing uh his you know hopefully accountability in the law is in any way close to uh putin clearly holding on to power in his in that country there's, there's no similarities, and we have to stop perpetuating this us versus them, and if it's not, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me uh, mentality, because the best part of our democracy is that we are free to, to, to do, this, do this thing uh, of a different mind and of different opinions uh, so that we can function. Uh, you have to represent the people. Putin does not represent the people. He represents himself. All right, uh, Jennifer. All right, Jennifer, we got your points. Thank you. Uh, Have a good weekend and a good day. I I appreciate Jennifer's point of view. I I do not appreciate the um, perhaps my opinions going to someone who doesn't read or is as up to date as they should be in an informed voter. I, I would consider myself extremely informed on this. And, I, and I'm and i not saying that Jennifer meant that towards me directly, but to see what is happening in this U, in the U.S., when you're having states, 
make the decisions for voters. She says it's not a us versus them mentality, but you're having states decide we're not going to allow someone on the ballot. What is that? What does that do? That does not give us the people the voice that gives whoever is running that state the chance to say, I'm going to tell you what's best for you. And this person being on the ballot is not best for you. So those are those are. Yeah, it's not a direct parallel to what's going on in Russia or with Putin. But there are things that are happening in our nation that should not be happening. And it is happening in regards of a political opponent. All right. 512-836-0590. We go to Fred on 360 at 407. Fred, good afternoon. How are you, Fred? Doing well. How are you? Fine, Fred. Welcome. All right. So I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible. I called as soon as Jennifer there uh, or said that she thinks that maybe some of your listeners aren't as well informed as she is. Now, I will agree with her on one point. It should not be an us versus them mentality in our country, but that is exactly what it is. And as a listener, I'm, I'm an independent, independent voter. I am not a Trumper. I, I vote probably more conservative than Democrat, uh, you know, but uh, I am an independent voter. I am very well informed. I have local news, national news on my phone, as well as international news like the BBC, uh, Al Jazeera, uh, Jerusalem Times. I read news from all around the world, not just American news, because American news is flawed in many ways. Uh, and, but once you start looking at that, you see the real picture of what the world sees when they look at us and, and the, what's really going on in our country. And I have to agree with uh, with you guys that uh, Donald Trump is getting railroaded. Now, I'm not even saying I'm going to vote for the guy, but uh, if you look at it honestly, he's being railroaded. How many other presidents have done things that are questionable? You can start with Bill Clinton. You can talk about our current president. Um, you know, but no one's ever been charged in this manner. No one's ever had states say that they're not going to put them on the ballot. No one has ever, you know, decided for the banks that they've been defrauded when the banks are not even saying they've been defrauded. So this is insane. And so, you know, uh, Jennifer, you're wrong. Uh, there are very educated people listening to this station, and we are, you know, for the most part, like we hear uh, the left side, they agree with everybody until you don't agree with them, and then all of a sudden they want to cancel you. You don't get that from the right. And so, yes, it is. It, it should not be us versus them, but that's exactly the picture they present. Fred, thank you, mm-hmm. sir. You have a good weekend. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text us. I think a lot of us agree it should not ever be an us versus them, and we need varying opinions, and that's why I appreciate Jennifer calling and and giving her thoughts on it. It's important for all of us to have a conversation. It's important to hear, just like Jennifer said at the beginning, I like to listen to everything just so I kind of have a general Mm -hmm. consensus. That's what we should all be doing. But you have to admit that the political world for quite some time has been very much, and this is coming from the officials, the politicians, pitting against each other and it and it varies on whatever the topic is whether it is pitting races against each other genders against each other religions against each other they are leading the pact on that let's go to george at 410 mark and melinda george welcome how are you this afternoon good and you very well sir welcome good earlier melinda said about biden being weak 
over the the a murder, probably murder in Russia. And I was just curious, what should his response be? And should it be the response that Trump did when the American reporter Kosoji was was butchered by the Saudis? That t- same type of response. Well, first, George, I didn't say that Biden is being weak on the response to the murder in Russia. Um, Mark brought up the point that Putin in his interview in an interview said that his preference for president is Biden because he's predictable. And I said that that was the shows the weakness. If you know what your opponent is going to do before they do it, you play that out before you make your move. If you don't have a clue how your opponent is going to answer, you're a little bit more cautious about what you're about to do. So do you think for even 2% of what Putin says is true? And did not Biden show more strength than any president when he telegraphed exactly what Russia was going to do weeks before the invasion? And I think Putin would disagree with you. He hates Biden because the only reason he doesn't have control of Ukraine is because of Biden. George, you said that Biden just telegraphed that Russia was going to do that. Everybody was telegraphing. The real strength would have been to have stopped it before it happened. With, oh, so you would put boots on the ground then? No, that's, that's not feasible. That's not no, what I said, George. Actually listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth, not you putting words in my mouth. Okay, get your words out. I did. What part did you not understand? That that Biden telegraphed. He let the whole world know exactly what Russia was going to do. And then he did put what to make sure that it did not happen? He said, you shouldn't do that. That's real right. strength, no, he, isn't it? He, he gained support from the whole world in order to do what we're doing now. Are you saying that you would have been okay if we would have dropped a couple of divisions out of NATO and would have gone in and fought Russia? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that there was plenty that could have been done before what? the invasion actually took place. Why wait? What? Here's just one thing. Why wait after Russia? Wait. George, don't ask me a question and then talk over me. Why wait for Russia to invade before you start issuing any sanctions? That could have been an easy thing. No boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. George, uh, thank you. Have a good day and a good weekend. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us, 413 News Radio KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. It is 416. We hope you're having an excellent afternoon. We're live and local every weekday, 2 to 6 on KLBJ. Uh, This is Jonesy on KLBJ. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Oh, doing well. Love y'all's show. Love the conversation. Thank you. Welcome. Longtime Austin listener. Call a few times. But, uh, yeah, just a couple things. One... Uh, I think Melinda made a comment a little while ago that Putin said that she wants to, he wants to back Biden. And I just want to make a point of, if you start believing what Putin says, you're kidding yourself. I mean, you, you've got to make sure you take, take into account who's saying what here. Uh, similarly to, you know, and I'm a Republican, I'm a long time Republican, but at the same time, you have to take, into account what people are saying. If okay, again, is- can I just interject? 
I no, did no, not no, no, no. say. You're, you're interrupting me. So let me just finish my thought. If everything is fake and everything is not real, but believe what Putin says, then you've got to look internally at your own barometer for what you believe, because don't take what everybody says is truth, especially when it's what only what you want to believe. Okay, first off, if I may, I said nothing about Putin saying that he backed you Biden. I, that was a part of his comment. The comment that I was responding to was him saying that Biden is predictable. He's one of the, what did he call him, the old dog politicians? Yeah, old school, yes. That okay. was what I was responding on because I absolutely agree, and I'm not taking Putin's word for it. It is my own thought. He is predictable, and he has shown that. Okay. My second comment was, if everything is fake, if the election is fake, if all the unanimous grand juries are all fake, if judges are fake, if everything is fake, then what is it that makes America different than every other country in the world? It's our judicial system and our checks and balances. But if you say if one part of government, the executive branch, in this case, ex President Donald Trump says everything is fake, that it's against him, but he likes it when it's not fake, when it goes his way, then that's also living in a world of unreality. All right. Uh, thank you. Have a, a good afternoon. A lot of assumptions being made by you guys calling in this afternoon. Not once have I ever said that I believe everything that comes out of Trump's mouth. No. Or that everything is fake. Yeah. Uh, 512-836-0590. We also want to keep you up to date on Governor Greg Abbott announcing today that Texas is building a new military base near Eagle Pass. This is an 80-acre facility for the Texas National Guard. He had a news conference down there today. Uh, Here's part of what the governor said in announcing this construction of this military base that's now underway. It will amass a large army in a very strategic area. It will increase the speed and flexibility of the Texas National Guard to be able to respond to crossings. 1,800 troops will be stationed at this new facility. But what we need to be able to do, and and that is to make sure that the National Guard has the flexibility and the proximity to any type of crossings uh, north or south of Shelby Park so that they will be able to move swiftly to those locations uh, and be able to uh, impede the ability for anybody to cross illegally. And he described a base that has every type of service the troops would need from dining, medical care, workout facilities, mental health cares, etc., uh, armories, helicopter landing pads. He didn't give the price tag. No, no but I, when you take into account uh, that they're paying for hotels, motels all over the place. And I'm sure when he said that it's taking some people an hour to drive to yes. just report, they're covering the cost of that. It probably is going to come into the same ballpark. And plus, I think he's finally taking in some of the critiques that have been coming from the guardsmen about the living conditions yes. and all of that and just trying to put it all together and do what's best for them as well. Uh, Here's one more from Governor Greg Abbott just outside of Eagle Pass today announcing the construction of this military base. It will house uh, up to 1,800 soldiers with the ability uh, to expand up to 2,300 
uh, if we have surge needs. It will in include uh, individual rooms for soldiers. Uh, it'll provide a large dining facility, recreation, computers, things like Wi-Fi. Uh, but, but for now, National Guard have been scattered across uh, this entire region uh, in cramped quarters, uh, away from fellow uh, soldiers and guard, sometimes traveling long distances to be able to do their job. He also indicated, Melinda, that they will be extending the razor wire that's on the border well beyond where it now exists in Eagle Pass. He said uh, additional miles of razor wire barriers will be put up. Well, and it's proven to be working. If you look just there at Shelby Park, it's gone from, I think they said, thousands that were crossing and, Mm -hmm. and entering into that park to, I think earlier this week, they said less than five people. So it's working. Abbott is doing whatever he can to try to push it elsewhere where it is not the big impact that it has been right here in Texas. And that's what the Biden administration needs to pay attention to. It's able to push it. So what that says is you should do this along the entire border and push them to the port of entry where that's the only place that they can cross. And then we can work through, do they have the the right whatever to claim asylum? Are, are they eligible? If not, you don't allow them in. They're right there at the port of entry. And if they do, they're right there in. And then you start the process for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the governor uh, said the... The physical barriers and the policies of Texas are now having a meaningful reduction in the flow of illegal immigrants, particularly into the Eagle Pass area, Mm -hmm. and that the cartels go to the path of least resistance, which now is New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Rachel is with us in North Austin, 423, Mark and Melinda. Rachel, how are you this afternoon? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. Yes, Um, what are your thoughts on this uh, military base the governor announced i think it's a great idea it definitely would help some of these folks who have to travel a long distance um my concern is that uh, it would be interesting to uh find out who actually builds this facility and being that it is an eagle pass it will probably likely be the illegal aliens that we're trying to keep out of the country or will be the ones that build it now why why do you say that because it's eagle pass and construction people always cut corners and try to get cheap labor and uh well eagle pass is a good source right there of finding a lot of illegal aliens who will do the work. All right, uh, Rachel, thank you. Um, Hadn't no, thought of that. Nobody brought that up today. Uh, I would imagine they're they're taking great care in who they hire and how this thing is built. This is a military base. It has to have very specific uh, things included, specifications for a secure facility, and he emphasized this will be fully secured around the clock. Yeah, I would imagine they probably have like a Rolodex of the contracts for other bases that have been built in Texas. Yes. JR is with us from Copra's Cove, 424. Good afternoon, JR. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, uh, my hat's off to y'all. And if I could high five the lender right now, I'd do it. Uh, and I was going to suggest maybe y'all could start running some, uh, uh, you know, commercials or ads or something like that for maybe Energizer or some sort of 
hearing aid facility so these people would stop putting words in y'all's mouth and <laughs> understand and comprehend exactly what y'all are saying. Mm. But that's what I was calling for. <laughs> well, thanks, JR. <laughs> yeah. All right, someone told me when I first got Have into... Have a good day. Thank you. To get into radio, they said, always know people listen with just one ear. The other one is deciding whatever else they want to hear. All right. uh, Get in here and uh, join the conversation. You can weigh in on the governor's announcement of this new military base for the Texas Guard near Eagle Pass. We're also keeping you up to date on news regarding the presidential campaign we touched on it earlier, but we can we will circle back to the big ruling against former President Trump and his family today and that fraud case in New York and much more coming up. We're live and local all the way to 6 o'clock. Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Thank you for joining us. Tate is here producing. It's 431. We just uh, brought you up to date on Governor Greg Abbott's announcement that Texas is building a military base near Eagle Pass for a minimum of 1,800 Texas National Guard troops. Uh linked to that story is an update on the federal court hearing yesterday here in Austin on that new Texas law that gives the legal authority to Texas law enforcement and guard members to arrest people who cross the border illegally outside of the legal ports of entry. And the law starts in effect in March. Uh, Once someone is arrested, they'll go before a judge and they'll get a choice. They can agree to be deported immediately to Mexico or do six months in jail in Texas. And there was a hearing yesterday. The Department of Justice on the federal level is suing in federal court to try to overturn this new Texas law. And the Texas Tribune reports U.S. District Judge David Ezra said during the trial, I have not seen and the state of Texas cannot point to me any type of military invasion occurring in Texas. I see no evidence that Texas is at war. Now, that's important because, remember, Governor Greg Abbott has been citing the Constitution and using the word invasion to describe why Texas now is taking the actions it's taking. Abbott has reminded everyone the Constitution says when the federal government is not protecting the states, the states can protect themselves from an invasion. From an invasion, not a military invasion. So it's it's interesting that this judge would choose to put military invasion in there as how he's looking. That seems to be very narrow, uh, especially because it doesn't say a military invasion. It just says an invasion. And then to go on and say there's no evidence that Texas is at war. Well, if you're looking through it in just a military lens, yeah. But make no mistake, Texas is at war. We're fighting the war of fentanyl. We're fighting the war of human uh, trafficking, sex trafficking. We're fighting the war of the uh, tremendous cost to our health infrastructure and to our school infrastructure. There is a war. It's not in the military lens, but there is definitely one that is going on. These comments by the judge presiding over the case do not bode well for Texas The Texas Tribune says the federal judge at several points joked about the Texas attorneys being in a very difficult position, arguing their case. 
The judge said at the end of the hearing he would try to make a decision as soon as possible, well ahead of March 5th, when the law is scheduled to take effect in the state of Texas. Yeah, I, I, I think just by these statements from him, you can get an idea of where he's going, and I don't think it's going to be to rule in favor of Texas. Here are the numbers. You may have some thoughts on that story as well. 512-836-0590. Rich is calling from College Station. Hi, Rich. You're on KLBJ. Howdy, guys. How's everybody doing? Great, sir. Welcome, Rich. Love the show, as always. I just wanted to call and uh, give Melinda, uh, you know, what she deserves. I mean, she's talking about going to war. Like We're at war on the border. And uh, the last uh, previous caller talked about boots on the ground in a place we probably shouldn't be but i'll tell you this melinda's got her boots on they're laced up and they are on the ground and i just think it's awesome to listen uh to you guys and especially to her on the radio uh for a fresh take on serious subjects so congratulations Oh, Rich, I always love it when my family calls in, so thank you so much for that. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll see you at Thanksgiving. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You have a good one, Rich. Thanks, Rich. Y'all have fun. All right, have a good weekend, and thank you for listening in College Station. 512-836-0590. We would like to hear your thoughts, your analysis of the arguments that were unfurled yesterday in this federal court hearing on the new Texas law, particularly the judge indicating he already sees no evidence of a military invasion occurring, which would justify Texas protecting its own border. 512-836-0590. And how does the announcement by Governor Abbott strike you that the state is now working to build a military base for a minimum of 1,800 Texas Guard members near Eagle Pass and could uh, raise that level up beyond 2,000 Guard members all stationed right there, including capability to move those troops rapidly from the base via helicopters up and down that border region to respond to where the cartels are pushing large numbers of people across the border. 512-836-0590. If you're just joining us, here's how the governor characterized it. It will amass a large army in a very strategic area. It will increase the speed and flexibility of the Texas National Guard to be able to respond to crossings. So it's a very clear message to the public and to the White House from the governor. Texas is in this for the long haul and is not backing down or diminishing what it's doing, even though there are now multiple lawsuits from the Biden administration trying to undercut or nullify what Texas is doing. All of this, and I don't think Texas is going, even if this judge sides the way that we're going to, I think this is just that next, the the hurdle that has to be gotten over in order to get it to the Supreme Court. And I think that all of the movements that Governor Abbott has made in this respect is to do that, is to get this into the Supreme Court. Yes, Uh, and they've been very clear on that from... uh Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and others to the Attorney General of the state, we want this stuff to go to the Supreme Court, whether it's the Bowie case, the razor wire, the challenge over this law, we want to get in front of the Supreme Court. Bud is with us from Salado 437. Hey, Bud, good afternoon. How you doing? Hey, Mark. How y'all doing? I enjoy the show. Very provocative. Thank, uh, thank you, Bud. I listen to uh, Jennifer, and I usually don't 
remember what was said, but I sure remember that. And I remember what Melinda said as well. And Melinda, you were very careful in the way you worded that uh, statement you made. And, you know, uh, I will remind uh, Jennifer that uh, if she wants everybody to be, you know, uh, happy and, and kind and all that and everything to be nice, that is not reality right now in this country. By And what I mean is the way that uh, justice is being doled out. And a uh, good case, again, is uh, you go back to the border. I mean, you look at what Texas is trying to do and what the administration wants it to do. If that's not some kind of a <clears throat> trying to penalize somebody, I don't know what is. And, you know, if it hadn't been for Governor Abbott making the whole country aware of what's happening on our border, nothing right now would be being done about it. Nothing. But Bud, so, what kind of a uh, letter grade do you give Governor Abbott with his actions in this area? I'd say A-plus on, on this particular area. Okay. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, he's trying, he's trying to protect Texans. <laughs> he's not trying to everybody, oh, he's running for president and all this. No, he's trying to protect Texans in the only way he knows how. And, you know, I believe that to be the case because now the uh, illegals are going to Arizona and Mexico, California. So uh, it's having an effect. And right. I also uh, think, and go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's all right. Uh, and that was the point the governor made today. He said, I think... The evidence indicates that when you really put muscle into your Mm -hmm. deterrence efforts, the cartels will move to the area with the least amount of resistance. Boy, you're absolutely, he's absolutely right. And uh, that's that's spot on. And, you know, I'd say it's the same thing with with, uh, Putin, uh, Xi in China, Iran. If you talk to them, they are going to not listen and... The only thing they respect is power. All right, uh, Bud, thank you, sir. You have a good one and a wonderful weekend. We appreciate it. Uh, I want to go to Damon uh, on Ben White on KLBJ, who has some thoughts on what the federal judge was saying in that hearing yesterday. Hello, Damon. Good afternoon. I'm really disappointed to hear somebody that uh, wears the robe and is probably educated, you know, make such a a ridiculous argument. Uh, We just have been fighting a war for decades over a group with a group of people who don't wear a uniform and don't pledge allegiance to any particular government. And we're still fighting that war. And the cartel is exactly the same. They don't wear a uniform. They have no allegiance to a government. And I believe the constitutional bar is a clear and present danger, not is there a military invasion going on. And this, this is a very real clear and present danger. It's, it's beyond obvious. And the, it seems like uh, so many of the Democrats and the liberals, they want to fight the war against uh, fentanyl, against overdoses. They want to fight every every battle, but they don't want to fight a battle with the people who are generating this bad stuff. Damon, let me share with you the comments made by Brian Boynton. He is a deputy U.S. assistant attorney general. He made the argument yesterday on behalf of the Department of Justice Uh, He also said there is no invasion going on at the southern border. Boynton also denied 
The federal government has abandoned its duty to enforce immigration laws. What do you make of that? Somebody needs to buy that man a television. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I, I can't even respond to that. It's obvious. Uh, even if he's not in Texas, if he's watching television for an hour a day, he should see that you know we've let eight or nine million people just waltz across the border, many of whom are military-aged males and many of whom are indebted to the cartel that got them here. So it's, I mean, it's just disingenuous of this judge to, uh, you know, pretend he doesn't see it. Yeah, and I would like to ask, what book of immigration laws are you looking at? (laughs) So you can tell me which ones you're enforcing, because there are plenty of immigration laws that are out there that are not being enforced. Damon, thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. It's 443 with Mark and Melinda. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Also today, the police in Kansas City say they have filed charges against two juveniles in connection with the shooting at the Super Bowl parade and Super Bowl celebration in Kansas City. They're not revealing any names or ages. The charges are uh, juveniles in possession of a firearm and evading arrest. They say that they may file additional more serious charges in this case, but at least they were able to file charges within the mandatory 24-hour time frame in order to continue holding the juveniles. Yeah, it's still crazy to me that it was kind of right up to that deadline yes. at 24 hours before they filed the pretty obvious ones that, you know, in possession of a gun when you shouldn't be evading arrest. You knew that as soon as you tried to take them in. So kind of curious as to why they waited so long. And I would ex- I would be surprised if there aren't additional charges put on there unless they come out and say, man, we got this entirely wrong. It wasn't these Mm -hmm. guys. Well, Kansas City PD did say uh, no one who is suspected of firing shots into that crowd has been released. So there was a report that one of the people originally detained had been released, so they've eliminated him as a suspect. Uh, The mayor of Kansas City, Quentin Lucas, did an interview today with NPR. He was talking about what unfolded at the Super Bowl, the challenges involved in keeping people safe in large crowds. And he also focused in and uh, discussed what he sees is where we ought to go from here with regard to these kind of situations. We've got a couple of sound bites for you. Here's the first one. Mayor Quentin Lucas today from Kansas City. When you have 850 officers and folks who will act recklessly nearby them, who can still get off enough rounds to hit almost two dozen people within just a matter of of moments, that tells us that the guns, the types of guns that we have and their accessibility, easy availability is a problem. And that's a conversation that I will continue to have as long as I have some megaphone with which to share it. The type of guns that are available are the problem. Yeah, no, I I think the problem is the last thing you listed on there. How did these juveniles get their hands on guns? That's what you need to be yelling through your megaphone. How does that happen? And why do they think it's a good idea to take guns to a Super Bowl party 
And if you get into a dispute, you settle it with gunfire in a crowd of 800,000 people. This has zero to do with the gun being there, zero to do with the different types of guns. You And I don't even understand that argument. A gun shooting a bullet, it doesn't matter what type. If it hits you in the right way, you're dead, whether it is a revolver or it is an AR-15. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a mute argument to me, but it absolutely has to be. Who are these people that are bringing the guns and deciding this is the way you act in public? Who are the ones that are not paying attention to their under 18-year-old that's going out and potentially doing so with a gun and no problems with pulling it and using it? And uh, I'm going to make a guess that these two individuals have a criminal record that precedes this. This is not their first time to be in trouble with the law. They didn't just suddenly wake up and become the kind of guys that would take a gun to a parade and settle a dispute with firearms. Uh, Here's more from the mayor, Quentin Lucas of Kansas City. This is probably the hardest part of all for any of us who go to parades with our children, our loved ones, or our friends. Because I think we're starting to realize a challenge to everything we can do to keep ourselves safe. We can have more officers and we will. We can have cameras and and everything possible. But it is hard to fully protect ourselves if we're in a public space. If there is not a, a metal detector walking in, if there is not the sort of thing, frankly, that a parade just doesn't allow, then how can we ever fully be safe in a city, a state, and perhaps a country where we know that people are freely walking around with AR-15s, mm-hmm. with modified handguns, with switches, with any number of issues, or frankly, even just your old classic revolver. Right. If we know that one can act with impunity with that, then it's hard to say we'll ever be fully as safe as I think we'd like to idealize ourselves to be. A couple of things. One, there was a time that I think most of us can remember when this wasn't even an issue. And guess what? All of those guns were around. Yes. Uh, but we weren't thinking about this. And as far as he's making this about the gun, I recall people dying after being ran over a car at a parade. So, again, it's not the weapon they use. It's the person driving the weapon, whether it is pulling a trigger or pushing a gas pedal. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've had many decades in this country where people could go and safely enjoy parades or large victory celebrations for teams. It's a fairly recent phenomenon that we're worried now about mass shootings or gun violence Mm -hmm. like this that occurred in Kansas City. 512-836-0590. We'd like to hear your thoughts. Perhaps you agree with the mayor. That's Quentin Lucas of Kansas City. 512-836-0590. What do you find striking in his analysis of what's happening here? He did even say it's not part of the sound bites we had, but he said he would even consider rejecting a chief Super Bowl victory parade or gathering next year in order to keep everyone safe. Well, from what I've been reading about Kansas City, doesn't matter if there's a parade going on. They're having some real issues with crime. Yes, they are. A lot of gun violence. Very so, much so. It would be a shame to give in to the criminals instead of uh, getting really tough and enforcing the laws 
it would be a shame to give in to them and call off a celebration like that. This is Mike and Maynard at 452 with Mark and Melinda. Mike, welcome. How are you this afternoon? Hey, guys. Well, here we go again. Y'all got to be getting tired of talking about the same type of stuff. But um, wh- why aren't the parents charged at the same time the kids are? Yep. I'm a retired cop. Yes, sir. And when I was growing up, we used to take our rifles, our shotguns to school. And as soon as school was out and or before school, we'd go hunting. Never a problem because we had answered to our fathers and our grandfathers and our uncles and our older brothers. And the breakdown of the nuclear family is horrendous. And single mothers, bless their hearts, doing the best they can to raise kids, can't raise boys like a man does. And it just breaks my heart to see these kids going astray and nobody being held accountable for it that's raising them. Mike, you're, you're now focusing directly like a laser on what is the heart of the problem in our country. The uh, breakdown of the nuclear mm-hmm. family, a growing percentage of children being born out of wedlock, broken families, uh, and, and that is a phenomenon that is spreading across our country, and it coincides with this rise of gun violence and the mass shootings, they're all inextricably linked together. Yeah, just, it, it amazes me that, that we can't triage or we can't put a tourniquet on this bleeding and, and change the way we do this. We will hear these stories for the next 20 years until the generational change, but people have got to stop acting like nothing is going on. It's not the bullet. It's not the gun. It's not the access to the gun. It's the parents raising the children with no respect for human life, human decency, kindness, and empathy toward their fellow man. I'm going to guess that uh, there are some people who are not aware of what you stated, which was there was a time when people regularly brought their rifle or shotgun to school. Yeah, I was sitting in the back of the truck. And there were no mass shootings at schools whatsoever. They're probably unaware of that and shocked to hear you say that, but it's all true. Mm-hmm. Even in New York City, Mike, uh, kids rode subways with rifles because the high schools had rifle teams at the high schools in New York City. They never had mass shootings from those kids. It's, it's, it's not the weapons. It's the lack of instruction and it's the lack of, lack of parental guidance. It just it breaks my heart for the kids. It breaks my heart for the victims. And it breaks my heart for the parents. I've done everything I can to mentor every kid I know that is of that age that wants to hunt or be involved with guns to teach them shooting responsibility. And I wish that the liberal people would understand that this is some of the things that the NRA and hunter safety programs are about. And, I mean, you know, guys are going to be guys, but they need to learn how to knuckle it up instead of shoot it out. It's it just... It's devastating to our society, and that's that's about it, guys. Have did a good you just weekend. say knuckle God it up? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, baby, knuckle, knuckle it up. Knuckle, knuckle it up. You don't don't you don't need to go triggering it up. Just knuckle it up. Come home with a black eye. I like that's that. That's all there is to it. Y'all have a good weekend. God Thanks, bless Mike. you. Thank you, Mike. You take care. 512-836-0590. Get the fist to going. Yeah, settle it with the fist. That was the way to do it. But now too many are thinking, I'm going to pull my gun out and settle it. And and the police are saying this started with an argument. Yeah, it's absolutely ludicrous that we continue to have so many that the first thing they point to is the gun. 
and not look at. They were having an argument and it ended up with 22 people, 23 people shot. Yes. Witnesses say one of the shooters pulled out a gun and then just started firing and spinning in a Mm -hmm. circle, indiscriminately firing into the crowd, not even focusing on the the person that he was arguing with. Yes. Uh, You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. We have news next at the top of the hour and another big hour coming up five to six. Mark and Melinda. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio. KLBJ.